Welcome to Adventures of a 20-something podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of navigating life in your 20s. This is a podcast for all the other self-discoverers, all the other people in the pursuit of purpose, all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life. So let's figure it out together with your host, a 23-year-old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sweetnich. Hey everyone, today I'm sitting down with my friend Tyler. Tyler is a CrossFit trainer and a friend to many. He's grown a lot over his 20-somethings, and he'll be sharing what all of this change and growth has been like for him. Tyler is a great example of how important it is to be self-aware, self-reflective, and emotionally connected. And now, here's Tyler. Okay, hi everyone, I'm here with my friend Tyler. Tyler, can you just uh, let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself and introduce who you are, how old you are, what you do? All right. Hey, guys. I'm Tyler and uh, 28 years old. Uh, I currently am a fitness trainer. Uh, I coach a um, strength conditioning program called CrossFit, and I've been doing that for close to 11 years now. It's probably one of the biggest passions in my life right now, so very grateful for that. Cool. So... Being physically healthy is very important to you? Yeah, although I'd argue it goes much deeper than physical health. Uh, physical health is definitely the, uh, oftentimes what gets people in there, mm-hmm. and it's definitely part big part of the goal, but uh, you definitely have to address deeper levels to actually attain that physical health. Interesting. Yes. So emotional stuff that Absolutely. hasn't been processed? Absolutely. Ha- what has been one of the most interesting cases you've dealt with? that you feel like has really benefited your client? Mm, well, <clears throat> so I've been fortunate enough to train under some pretty um, some pretty well-versed coaches, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and uh, one of them being my brother. And um, you know, he kind of had a whole uh, gamut of emotional problems himself as a young man. And uh, CrossFit kind of helped him to find his self-confidence. And uh, he had some coaches that kind of helped guide him. Uh, both in his uh, thought life and um, and kind of through his workouts. Uh, see, we kind of tend to look at the workouts more as um, stimuli than, um, I guess, like the goal. It's more of a stimulus, and, um, and the coach's job is not just to physically guide you through that stimulus, but also uh, maybe mentally and emotionally guide you through that stimulus as well. And within doing that, you often see some pretty cool adaptations in people themselves. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So... I imagine that growing up as a boy or a man in this society, it's hard to do things like tackle your emotions and talk about them openly and freely. It's not as widely accepted yet. Um, so do you think that CrossFit helped like, become the outlet for you? Sure. Personally, uh, it helped me a lot with that. Um, you know, I I guess I was fortunate enough to be raised with very loving parents and uh, my mom is a very emotionally healthy human being. She's overcome a lot of uh, things in her own life. Um, She struggled with depression from a young age and uh, we just kind of assume it's hereditary in our family since it's kind of come down the line from, you know, her and and her parents and so on and so forth. I think it uh, definitely is like Mm -hmm. passed down genetically because my father has depression and I have depression. He has alcoholism and I have alcoholism. Uh So it's definitely stuff that um, is passed down in like DNA, I think. Sure. Generational. 
yeah. kind of diseases. Absolutely seems to be so. Yeah. So you and your brother have depression? You said? Uh, so my brother doesn't identify or at least never has been diagnosed with depression, although he will talk about depressive episodes, Mm -hmm. um, more in his, uh, younger years, but, um, he actually was, uh, he is my half brother. I have to be clear. Uh, my mother is not his mother. My father, uh, his father and my father are the same, Mm -hmm. uh, but we have different mothers. Cool. I have a half brother too. I know how it works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess walk me through when you're feeling really emotionally down. How do you take yourself through that process? Uh, sure. Um, <clears throat> okay. Well, um, obviously that's changed a lot over the years, right? Um, let's let's start with uh, when I was much younger. Uh, it would typically be I was very impulsive, and uh, I would um, kind of one of the things I learned early on to cope on cope with my depression was was you know, marijuana was one of my big uh, kind of uh, ways to cope with depression. It actually worked pretty well for a while, and I was still able to function pretty well um, using it. Uh, and uh, and then I kind of started doing maybe some harder things here and there. Uh, I never got really too into any of that, uh, but then alcohol became a problem, which is why I now um, work a program of recovery in my life. So obviously, as, as things have kind of progressed, I've you know, sort of been blessed with some new tools um, that people have kind of uh, shown me. And um, and so things have uh, things have progressed over time. But to get back to your original question uh, today, um, it's more or less um, maybe trying to um, I, I guess the first thing I, I typically would do is um, is pray. Um, I know that oftentimes my uh, my head can skew things um, initially. And so I try to kind of pause and uh, not just look at it as um, for what it is on surface value, but maybe look a little deeper to see what's going on more there. So it's kind of a combination of prayer and meditation, prayer and meditation, uh, and sort of a cycle like that. Um, Always trying to kind of keep an open mind uh, and and kind of hear the thoughts that are coming through and and so get more information and then eventually try to find a healthy avenue for um, kind of moving through that emotion or processing that emotion. Cool. Yeah. So you feel these emotions, you mm-hmm. get quiet and try to hear what they're trying to tell you. Sure. And then you get more quiet and figure out what is a good way to handle and process them. Is that kind of what you Absolutely. Do? Okay. Yeah. And maybe to, to wrap it back around and cross for a little bit, I, I do look at, um, uh, you know, I guess struggles in my own life as, uh, as just a, a stimulus, kind of like a workout, right? And, um, and really the stimulus is just there to, um, to maybe stimulate growth uh, should I handle the stimulus appropriately. Um, sort of like CrossFit, there's really two, two um, ultimate outcomes, I guess, which are um, I either address the, uh, the problem um, maybe in a healthy way and, uh, and then eventually maybe learn and grow from it somewhat or um or a lot hopefully sometimes Mm -hmm. or or maybe i don't address it in a healthy way and uh and kind of um you know maybe go backwards and um i like to think that today at least uh it looks like on the surface that i'm that i'm handling uh things better and i do feel internally that um that that i've been kind of blessed with more tools and they seem to be helping a lot more cool Um, so it sounds like you've been doing a lot of growing in your 20s Sure. How are you in the beginning of this decade and how have you evolved over this period? Nice. Um, 
Well, let's see. Uh, so I've been coaching CrossFit since I was 18. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I, I, uh, I more or less was most of the time centered on um, kind of what I needed to do to escape myself. Uh, constant I always had a constant uh, awareness of how much pain I was in and um, the the idea of getting out of my own head was was not really something that although people would would kind of try to describe it to me I I just didn't really consider myself capable of of such a thing at that time Um, and um, so when I was when I was you know I guess a decade ago would be when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I would, um, I had things like, of course I coped with, with marijuana. Like I said, uh, I wasn't really drinking very much at all at that time. Um, but, uh, but I had that as a main thing. I also would, um, you know, I used my workouts in a very unhealthy way. I would say, um, part of it was, it was, um, it was very egocentric in the sense that, uh, I felt like I was, I felt like I could semi make up for or compensate for my lack of self-esteem by uh, maybe proving myself on a physical level, and um, and hence having the whole the whole thing backwards at least to to the way I see it today. Um, when really today I look at things and uh, I look at the physical side of things as more of just a reflection of how maybe spiritually fit uh, one is, and and therefore how. Um, uh, I guess emotionally fit on top of that spiritual condition one can be and therefore how uh, physically fit on top of that emotional condition one could be um, if you if you don't mind I kind of have an example or yeah. example has come to me Go for it. Uh, oftentimes there, there's a uh, there's um, there's a guy in CrossFit is pretty big right now he's he's won won the CrossFit games last I think three years in a row and his name's Matt Frazier um, he, he actually was interviewed recently and one of the things he said was, or they, they asked him and I'm paraphrasing, but, um, they asked him if, uh, ever has a bad workout or a bad day at the gym. And he said, there are no bad days at the gym. And, um, I believe that, uh, what he was trying to say was, um, he doesn't see, he doesn't look at, he doesn't determine the, uh, the workout he had by the actual results of the workout, but more or less by how he grew and uh, grew throughout the workout. So maybe um, maybe the result might not have been uh, what most people would see of as successful, maybe for that particular day. But maybe he he recognized some internal growth that he had through that, and therefore it was a successful day for him. And I'm um, really amazing. starting to see that. I'm really starting to see that more and more in my own life, and I try to transfer that to my clients as well because uh, I truly believe that the the biggest adaptation that happens. Uh, in CrossFit happens between the ears. Yeah. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. It's kind of like taking one day at a time and yeah. whatever you're going through that day, um, adjusting what your expectations look like and sure. what um, you you view success as. And I think that, I mean, getting yourself to the gym, that's a big accomplishment in itself. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that I don't normally always do. Sure. So um, I think that's very um, admirable that he's able to look at a physical workout in a more deep and emotional, sure, mental level. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So when you are training someone mm-hmm. in the gym or in CrossFit, um, what do you focus on? Like, obviously they have their physical uh, goals, but how do you handle their? Um, the emotional side of things. Sure. Um, well, as a coach, mm-hmm. uh, I tend to look at 
um, people sort of like how I look at any challenge, which is uh, to, to overcome that challenge, I first need to be perceptive of what's actually going on here. Um, so I think the biggest um, kind of growths I've had as a coach have come along the lines of um, maybe recognizing where an individual is at uh, emotionally and, um, and maybe even uh, on a mental, logical level as far as how they're thinking about things. It's actually pretty cool that I've had enough experience and been able to um, kind of learn and grow through, through enough uh, common uh, thinking errors myself that I can oftentimes recognize them in people mm-hmm. and then therefore kind of be able to relay my experience and say, well, this is kind of, you know, what it seems like is going on with you. Can you relate? And if they can relate, I oftentimes share my experience as to how I've overcome that. And, and oftentimes it works out pretty well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you take your own personal experience and put it into your work. And sure, I try to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's kind of like trying to connect with that person in a deeper level. Absolutely. And then you also make sense of what you've <clears throat> gone through because you've come out on the other side and then right. your experience can help someone else who's maybe still struggling with that right. particular obstacle. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. So not just not just building muscle. It's building mm-hmm. emotional and um, spiritual well-being. Yeah, I like That's to think so. Yeah. Really cool job. Yeah. Very cool. Um. So do you perceive or do you foresee yourself doing this for your future in general, or do you have any other um, aspirations? You know. Um... That's kind of a loaded question. I know. Uh, let me start. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's good. Uh, let me start by just saying um, I love what I do. I absolutely would be uh, grateful and happy and I'm sure it would bring a lot of joy to do this for the rest of my life. Um, as of now, it's uh, it's not completely um, financially fulfilling, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it can't, it can't uh, be that way forever, although it is... Uh, fulfilling in a much deeper sense uh, mm-hmm. that to me is far more important than the the security or the financial uh, value I guess of the job mm-hmm. um, and, and so I would take it over a financially fulfilling job any day that was maybe a little um, that that I got less out of maybe on a spiritual level right and um, <clears throat> so I really do love what I do and uh, it, it's also I do have to also say that it's very uh, it's very much a symbiotic relationship when I train somebody in the sense that uh, I get a lot out of it. Um, oftentimes I think more than the, the person I'm training gets out of it. Um, you know, just being able to, to share with them kind of parts of me that are very deep and then see them pick up the tools that, that I've been able to use. And just knowing that, uh, that I've been able to, to relay experience to, to be helpful to them is, is, um, is really priceless. Uh, so, so I love this job. Um, I, I don't know that it's that, that what I want to do will always look like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that, uh, no matter what I do, it's, it's going to be, um, something along the lines of, of trying to give, uh, you know, give from experience and, mm-hmm. and help, help other people with, with personal growth. Um, I like to think I've always been a teacher. I was kind of one of those kids that growing up, I, uh, I was the, the neighborhood kid that everybody would come to and say, you know, hey, I got this math problem, you know, can, can you help me with that? Oh, or, that's awesome. So I was lucky enough for uh, the neighborhood kids to kind of... Confide in you. Yeah, confide in me. And, and so I've always kind of had that um, 
I guess that that's always been a blessing for me. And from a very young age, I kind of knew that I wanted to do something uh, in the realm of like teaching, helping um, others, helping others. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very admirable job. Do you ever get emotionally burnt out? I feel like that can take a lot out of you. Absolutely. Um, How do you <clears throat> deal with that? You know, uh, I feel like I deal, I, or I try. <laughs> I don't always deal with it right. Mm-hmm. No one's <laughs> but perfect. I try, yeah. <clears throat> I, try to, I try to ask for help. <clears throat> Good. Uh, so I have you're a support not afraid system. to ask for help. Absolutely. Uh, that's one of the biggest facts in my life today is that, uh, that I don't do anything alone. Um, I'm not... I'm, the idea of no man or woman is ever an island mm-hmm. or can ever really be an island has uh, has new meaning to me today. Um, I, I couldn't really imagine a world where I was the only living entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some people get, have that kind of inner strength or inner peace or whatnot to handle that, but I don't know that I'd be capable of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just at least for me today, it seems that being able to bounce things off of people and being able to be a part of other people's lives uh, is really something that really keeps me going. Yeah. And it sounds like you're someone who also needs to stay out of their head sometimes. So bouncing your ideas sure. and asking for help sure. um, from other people really helps you stay Definitely. grounded and balanced. Definitely. Cool. So it sounds like a really beneficial two-way relationship that you have going with your clients. It is. That's very amazing. Much so. Yeah. And that what a fortunate thing to be able to say that you love what you do because you know work is such a big part of our right waking lives. So. Right. That's it's, a really cool thing. Yeah, you know, it's funny to sorry to interrupt, but it's it's no, funny often. Uh, you know, I find people that you know I don't know what I want to do with my life, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that's something I can't really relate to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's I just kind of was thrown into this from a very young age, and uh, or at least had the opportunity to do it from a very young age and jive with it really quickly, and um, just a blessing of life, I guess. Yeah, you know, it you know. found you yeah, it rather found you. than Correct. you having to Correct. find it. Right. it found yeah, me. we can't all be that fortunate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems that's the case. Uh, right? Yeah, I have a lot of different interests, and I don't know which one to like go fully into and pursue. Sure. So. Yeah. Um, I'm a little jealous, but (laughs) also very cool to have, to see someone who's really enjoying what they do and Mm -hmm. not letting like financial um, stuff get in the way of Mm -hmm. deciding what that job is. Right, right. Um, So that's really important. Cool. Um, Do you think that as a 20-something, you have other friends in the same position as yourself or are they kind of indifferent? places in their lives well so that question can be interpreted many different ways can i ask yeah. maybe yeah maybe a little bit? not maybe are they as fulfilled career-wise are they as um emotionally aware as you are are they um do you feel like you have a group you can confide in that will understand you at this deeper level that you've discovered Sure. Yeah. So I, I heard three questions there, and I think I'm going to address <laughs> them. No, no, it's great. I no, I actually I actually appreciate that. Cool. Uh, I'm going to address them each individually. Yeah. So the first question I believe was, um, are they fulfilled career wise? Yeah. And um, it, so I can't pretend to uh, know exactly what's going on in somebody else's head, but at least from the outside looking in, it, it appears that I am um, luckier than the average person as mm-hmm. far as being fulfilled career wise. And so I just try to look at that as a blessing and, mm-hmm. and maybe just hope for them that they can find the same um, passion and kind of, uh, I guess, joy through their work that, that my work has, has given to me. Cool. 
Um, and then the second question, I believe, was... Uh, Do you have other friends or um, men you can look to that understand oh, yeah. um, their emotional world? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so so I, as I said earlier, I'm lucky to be a part of the recovery movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I work, I work a 12-step program, and um, there, there's a lot of people I look up to in that program. And, uh, you know, really everybody kind of has their own story and has their own growths and their own setbacks. And uh, I, I think that's the beautiful thing about that program is um, it just through kind of honesty, um, love, and understanding, we all get to kind of share with each other. And uh, it becomes more of a collective experience that everybody can draw from and uh, hopefully um, pick up those tools for themselves. And, and um, uh, we like to use the term group conscience, but um, it, it, to me, that's what the whole kind of point of the program is, is to, uh, to kind of be involved in something that's deeper than maybe just yourself. And, yeah, so uh, you don't have to be that island. Exactly, exactly. And hey. so there's many people, there's many people that, I, that I'm fortunate to know that um, that I can that I can kind of uh, bounce things off of and um, connect with. Connect with, level. yeah. Awesome. It looks like you have come to a place in your life where you feel much more grounded and centered with who you are and what you want from life. Um, for example, if someone, one of your peers, mm-hmm. came up to you and asked, "How did you get to where you are now?" What would you tell them? What mm-hmm. kind of advice would you give them? Um, also a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's good. Uh, sometimes I take a pause to think, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, another, gi- another gift of the program. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so I think the biggest thing is just be true to yourself. You know, um, if I can't be true to myself, really, I have nothing. Uh, at least it seems to me that, uh, when I've kind of tried to pretend to be something I'm not, or, uh, or put on a false front. Um, nothing really deep or meaningful comes from that. Um, sure, I can be true to myself and make a lot of mistakes, but if I'm true to myself and make mistakes, it seems that oftentimes um, the lesson is there and it, it's easier to learn the lesson when I'm being true to myself than when I don't really know what place I'm actually coming from because it's not something that's authentic to me. Um, yeah, I would just say, you know, be true to yourself make connections, uh, just, you know, learn and grow from each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Um, and one more question before I let you go. Sure. Um, looking back on this decade, okay. do you, would you consider it a successful period of growth? Um, what would be kind of your Sparknote summary version of your 20s thus far? Ooh, <laughs> Ooh Sparknotes. Um, yeah, you know, definitely it would be considered a successful uh, decade um, as far as growth is concerned. Uh, a lot of mistakes, a lot of opportunities for growth, and fortunately I've been blessed to actually be able to find solutions to those and, and grow through a lot of them. Um, yeah, but, but I feel like if you don't have, didn't make those mistakes, you wouldn't have that opportunity oh, for growth. Oh, most so definitely. They're, they're the most important thing most definitely. when it comes to growth. So when it comes, so, so to get to, I guess with the spark notes thing, are you looking for kind of like a short, like a summary, short summary kind of thing? Sure. If you had to yeah, talk about your twenties yeah. and like sure. a sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, a sentence. Okay. Let's see here. Um, insecure mistake making, uh, 
young man who uh, doesn't really know his place in the world and doesn't really know where he fits in. Uh, was kind of blessed to throw, be thrown into um, a bunch of lot, a bunch of great opportunities um, that kind of uh, showed him the kind of new ways of thinking about things and new ways of uh, of going about things. And uh, and on the other side of that. Um, this is kind of where I'm at now. So Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think you should be very proud of yourself. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you so much for yeah. joining us Thank today. you for having me. A big thank you to Tyler for joining us on Adventures of a 20-something. Thank you to all the listeners as well. If you liked this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you are using. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you.